The following message is from the audio ministry of Coastal Community Church. We trust you'll find it helpful and encouraging. Now, here's Pastor Chris Rollins. All right. Hey, everybody. Good morning. Welcome to Coastal Community Church. I'm Pastor Chris. Great to have you with us today. Hey, do me a favor. If you don't mind, if you guys can scoot in just a little bit. Uh, we still actually have people coming in looking for a seat, and uh, it would be helpful. Or if you see somebody kind of sneaking down your row, make sure you tell them that we do have some uh, seats available. Uh, man, the summer is here, although uh, we got one more week of school left. I know you guys are excited about that. June is here. We're excited about summer here at Coastal Community Church. We had a great, great kickoff to Summer of Impact. Uh, yesterday was Saturday serve. The entire month of June, we are serving, loving our community. Uh, almost every single day of the week, uh, the month of June, we have some service project going on out in our community, loving and serving, being the hands and feet of Jesus. On your way out, make sure you check out the Summer of Impact tent, pick up a catalog, go to our website, see all the different ways that you could serve. Uh, next Sunday afternoon at 4 o'clock, uh, we have our annual beach baptism out at Folly Beach. County Park. I think right now we have over 35 people signed up to get baptized next Sunday. Uh, so we're excited about that. Also in your bulletin, make sure you uh, pay attention to uh, Vacation Bible School. That's also uh, in July, uh, another great summer event, uh, both to register your kids and to, uh, to volunteer. All that's in your bulletin as well. Well, welcome to week one of At the Movies. Over the years, uh, this has definitely become kind of a favorite service series tradition uh, here at Coastal. In fact, uh, some of you might not be aware of this, but this is actually the 10th anniversary of our church doing this series. We originally did this series back in 2008. We brought it back in 2011, and we have done it every summer since. Now, over the years, we have tried to uh, you know, mix it up a little bit. We wanted to kind of keep the series fresh. And uh, several years ago, uh, instead of just doing current or popular movies, uh, I decided, I made the call that we were going to do six of my favorite movies, like my, my all-time favorite movies. Now, these, by the way, are cinematic, exp I mean, these are just all-time awesome movies like Rocky, uh, the Godfather, Shawshank Redemption, Raiders of the Lost Ark, Jaws, and of course, Braveheart. Great flicks. Now, for some reason, I don't know why, the ladies felt left out that year a little bit. And uh, so, the following year, we decided to call it, at the movies, Chick Flicks and Date Nights. Um, it was actually a, uh, a relationship series, and we used movies like Casablanca and The Notebook. Ugh. Anyway, um, <laughs> they're terrible movies. Anyway, uh, we Pretty Woman, kind of a classic. A Wonder Woman came out that year, so we used that. Uh, last year, we decided to use all superhero movies. You know, you can't really have summer movies without superhero movies, this year included. Uh, but this year, uh, we sat down and we started to look at the movies and talk about uh, the movies we were going to use, and we started to notice a trend. They were all Disney movies. You know, most of the movies that were coming out this summer were remakes or brand new movies, but they were all, you know, Disney movies. Now, 
For those of you who are new to Coastal and uh, new to this series in particular, I do want to you know, just settle you down a little bit. Don't, don't worry. Pastor Chris has not gone heretical. We're not preaching from the movies themselves. Uh, as always here at Coastal, what we do is we're going to open up God's Word, we're going to dig into the truth, and uh, we're going to point people to Jesus. The, the, the six movies that we use are really just, uh, they're just hooks. Uh, they're just springboards to have a little bit of fun and uh, to get the conversation going, so to speak. Now, speaking of fun, and, and Ryan alluded to this, uh, for the entire series, every single first-time guest and the person who invited them will receive a free movie ticket uh, to the Citadel Mall movie theater. All you got to do after the service is make your way over to the blue welcome and guest tent, uh, get your uh, welcome bag if you're a guest today, and we have a movie ticket for you as well. Um, And because this year's movies are all Disney movies, and, uh, and like I said, it's our 10th anniversary for doing this series. We decided to up our game a little bit and uh, to do something kind of special. So like Ryan said, we're going to be giving away a free Disney vacation. And again, all you got to do is fill out that Connect card for a chance to win. We're going to put all the cards together from both services. And then this week, um, I'm going to pull a card and uh, we'll announce on Facebook uh, the, the winner from both services because we cannot afford to give a vacation after, both ser- after each individual service. So, um, but I just want to let you know, I can be bought, okay? So uh, actually, I didn't even have to announce that. We got some shady people here at Coastal. That's all I'm saying. I've had some wild offers already. So, uh, but anyway, let's get started. How many of you have seen today's movie, Avengers Endgame. Real, probably the better question is, how many of you have not seen it yet? Okay, there, okay, a few people. I'm actually shocked by that because Avengers Endgame is this highly awaited sequel to last year's Avengers what? Anybody remember? Infinity War, right. Uh, it is actually, the get this, the 22nd film in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and you might not have known this, which is now owned by Disney. They own everything, don't they? They do. Um, And the movie received all kind of praise from critics and audiences alike. I saw the movie. I'm not like a big Marvel comics guy. Uh, I I saw last year's. I saw this year's. And I liked it. It it was a great flick. Uh, it, It broke all kinds of box office records and has grossed, listen to this, already over 2.6 billion, billion dollars worldwide, surpassing Infinity War's entire run in just 11 days and became the highest grossing film of 2019, the highest grossing superhero film ever, and as well right now is the second highest grossing film of all time. Oh my goodness. Um, in a, in a one-sentence nutshell, now, without giving anything away, and by the way, you don't have to worry about that. We're, there are no, you know, going to be spoiler alerts in this series. Um, the movie, though, basically is about how the surviving members of the Avengers and their allies uh, work together to reverse the damage caused by the evil who? Thanos. Very good. In Infinity War. Now, and again, if you like superhero movies, I promise you'll love this one. But if you're not a fan of superhero movies, it still is a great flick. Now, there are so many directions that I could go today in this, uh, in this message. 
You know, like uh, most superhero movies, there is the theme that with great power comes great responsibility. And I could go that direction. Like, like all the Avenger movies, uh, we could talk about teamwork. And how, you know, it takes a team, a team of superheroes, all of them working together, uh, you know, uh, pulling aside, you know, putting aside their differences for the, for the greater good. Uh, we could also talk about redemption. And you see that theme loud and clear in this movie and about the, the value of life. You know, last year we used Infinity War and to talk about the idea of good versus evil. But for this movie today, uh, the theme that kept coming back to me you know, over and over and over again as I watch the movie, is this idea of purpose, of discovering and living your life on purpose, of, of giving your life over to something bigger than yourself, even if, even if it costs you something. In fact, it was Captain America in the movie who said this, the world is in our hands, it's up to us to do something with it. Purpose. Now, one particular passage of Scripture kept coming to my mind as I watched this movie. Ephesians chapter 5, verses 15 through 17. Listen to this. So be careful how you live. Don't live like fools, but live like those who are wise. Make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. Don't act thoughtlessly, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. Now do me a favor, if you're taking notes this morning, circle the word careful. It says, be careful how you live. Now the opposite of careful is obviously what? Not careful, but careless, careless. In other words, he's saying, don't be that way, don't be careless, don't, you know, don't just stumble through life, don't just drift through life. Actually think it through, know why you're here, know your purpose. Now, Let's be honest, how many of you would say that you would really like to know what God wants you to do with your life? Like I think almost everybody, that, that's true of all of us. Well, guess what? You are in luck today because that's what I want us to talk about. And to do that, to make sure that you just don't thoughtlessly drift through life, I want us to try to answer three of probably the most important questions of life. Okay, here they are. Here's the first one. Question number one. What does God want from me? What does God want from me? Well, when you read through the Bible, the entirety of the Bible, I think you can summarize it in a couple of words. Here it is. He wants my entire life. He wants my entire life. There's, there's actually not a single verse in the Bible, not one that says that you can be a follower of Jesus and then just kind of live any old life that you want to. Just live the way you, you, you think is, is fine. It's just not there. God wants all of you. Listen, he doesn't want 10% of you. He doesn't want 50% of you. He does not want 99.9% .9 of you. He wants all of you. Look at what the Bible says in Romans 6.13. Listen to this. Do not let any part of your body become an instrument of evil to serve sin. Instead, give yourselves what? What does he say? completely to God, for you were dead, but now you have new life. So use your whole body as an instrument to do what is right for the glory of God. Now, circle the words completely and the words whole body in that verse. You see, again, it's all of you. All of you. C.S. Lewis once said, the only thing that Christianity cannot be is moderately important. In other words, if what we're saying is really true, then it actually deserves 
everything you got. If it's not true, we're wasting our time. Let's all pack up and let's go home. It is all or nothing. It is either true and that should determine the rest of your life. The decisions that you make, how you raise your family, how you do your finances, how you do relationships, or again, guys, let's just chuck it and let's get out of here because we're wasting our time. Now, look at this verse in the Old Testament, Deuteronomy 10. It says, now Israel, this is what the Lord your God wants you to do. Listen to this. Respect the Lord your God and do what he has told you to do. Love him. Serve the Lord your God with what? What does he say? Your whole being and obey the Lord's commands and the laws that I'm giving you today for your own good. There's that phrase again. Whole being. You see, it's there in the whole Bible from the Old Testament to the New Testament to the words of Jesus. It's all the same. God wants all of you. In fact, listen to the words of Jesus in Matthew 6, 24. Listen to this. No one can serve two masters, for you will hate one and love the other. You'll be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and be enslaved to money. Now, I want you to circle the word there, cannot. He doesn't say you, you should not serve God in money. He says you cannot. It's impossible. Now, what's he talking about here? I actually think he's talking a, a, a whole lot more than just about money here. I think he's talking about priorities. He's basically saying, listen to this, you cannot have two number ones in your life. You can't have two number one priorities in your life. Now, there's a lot of things besides money that can push God out of first place in your life. Work, you know, can push God out. Sports, hobbies, friends, school, can all push God out of first, first place, right? Your dating relationships, even your own family, even your, your children, if you allow it, they, they can push God out of first place in your life. And here is Jesus. This is what he is saying. He's saying, listen, you can't do that. You can't serve God and then have something else just as important in your life. Now, so here is the real question for us today. What's going to be first place in your life? Who or what is going to be first place in your life? Building your career? Raising your family? Saving for retirement? Maintaining good health? Now, I would argue that all of those things are good, actually, right? In fact, I believe that God created all of them, and he approves of every one of those things in their proper place. He approves of all of them except when they're in first place in your life, except when they're the center of your life. God actually said one time, you should have no other gods before me. And whatever is first in your life, that's your God. Anytime you've got something in your life that's number one, that's not God, that's an idol. You know, one time Jesus was uh, walking down the streets of Jerusalem, and this guy comes up to him, and Jesus looks at him and he says, follow me. And the guy basically said something like this. He said, okay, Jesus, I'll follow you, but Lord, let me first go take care of some things that i got to take care of. And he went through several things that, you know, were more important that he had to take care of. Now, the problem with that little attitude of, well, Lord, let me first, that's a contradiction. You can't say that. You can't say, Lord, 
me first at the same time. I mean, if you're saying, let me first, guess what? He's not in charge. He's not number one. And so again, you got to decide. You know, is God going to be first or me first? So let's, let's, let's bring it home. Let, let's make it really, really personal today. In your own life, where are you saying to God, let me first? Now, honestly, I think we all do this from time to time. But where are you saying, you know, God, I'll live for you, but let me first find somebody to marry. You know, God, God, I'll live for you, man, I'll be your man, I'll be your woman, but, you know, let me first finish school. God, I'll serve you, but, you know, this parenting thing is a full-time gig, and these kids, you know, run me all over Charleston. Wait till they get out of the house. God, I'll be on fire for you, but right now i got to build my career. You know, let, let me first finance my kids' college education. And over and over again, all throughout the Bible, and even Jesus, he said, listen, if I'm not first, none of all those other things are going to be in the right perspective. Now, let me let you in on a little secret. If you'll put God at the center of your life, if you'll put him in first place, you know what he'll do? He'll take care of everything else. Look at this next verse, Proverbs 3, 6. In everything that you do, now this is the Old Testament, so in Hebrew, you know what that means? You know what the word everything means? You ready? Everything, okay? So pretty simple, okay? Um, in everything you do, Put God first, and he will direct you and what? Read it with me. And he will what? Crown your efforts with success. I don't know anybody doesn't want to be successful. In fact, so the Bible tells you how right here in everything you do, put God first. Have you been trying to live a part-time Christian life? The, you see, the first question of life is this. What does God want? He wants all of you. You know, go back to this movie or any superhero movie. I mean, you're either all in as a superhero or you're not. And you, by the way, you see that in this film. I mean, you either go all in or you're not. And the same is true in our walk with Christ. Question number two, what does it take? So what does it take, you know, to become all that God wants me to be? Well, I can say it in a word, and uh, it's a word some of you are not going to like very much. It's kind of an unpopular word. It's the word discipline. The word discipline. Now, let me explain a little bit what I mean by the word discipline. Let me give you a definition. Two words. Discipline is delayed gratification. Delayed gratification. That's all it is. Discipline is doing the difficult thing now, the hard thing, the thing that requires something in order to enjoy the benefits later. Now, some of you don't even need this talk, you don't need this definition, because you are incredibly disciplined. Some of you are very disciplined at work, you know, you plan your day, you're always on time, you're very conscientious in your work habits. Uh, some of you are very, very disciplined in your, in your physical workouts, you know, you, you never miss a workout, you're always in the gym, you're very disciplined, uh, some of you, uh, in your, uh, your schedule, in your routine. Uh, some of you never miss a favorite television show. You're very disciplined there. Uh, some of you never miss a meal. You're very disciplined in that, you know? You always eat. Um, but let me break it down for you. Do you want to know where you're disciplined at? I think 
You're disciplined in the areas you want to be. You're disciplined in the areas that you want to be. In other words, the things that are important to you, nine times out of ten, you get done. Now, think about it. What if you were as disciplined in having a daily quiet time as you are in never missing a meal? Now, some of you, you know, you miss your quiet time, you beat yourself up, you're like, oh my goodness, what have I done? You know, God hates me now, and you know, I'm never gonna, you know, I'm just never gonna do it. I'm never gonna pray again. I'm never gonna read my Bible. What if you did that, like every time you missed a meal? Oh my goodness, I missed a meal. What am I gonna do? I'm never gonna eat again. That's crazy. Um, what if you were as disciplined in serving the community and volunteering and serving as you were in getting up and going to work every day? What if you're as disciplined in attending church and worship as you are in not missing Game of Thrones, you know, or, uh, you know, your favorite television show? Now, there's another word for discipline. I think we like this one a little bit better. Uh, it's the word habits. Habits. Habits are simply disciplines. And I actually think that, in general, we are the sum total of our habits, in other words, tell me what you do habitually, and I'll tell you a little bit about yourself. I'll tell you about your character. If you habitually tell the truth, you're a person of integrity. If you habitually date your spouse, you're probably faithful to your spouse. It's what you do over and over again without even thinking. If it's a habit, it's a part of your life. And in general, our, our whole life is designed, shaped, and controlled by our habits, now, here's the principle of life. You ready for this? There's not a blank on your outline, but, but this is important. If you want to change your life, you just change your habits. If you want to change your life, you change your habits. 1 Timothy 4, 7. Listen to this. Spend your time and energy in the exercise of keeping spiritually fit. Spiritually fit. He basically says... Just like working out, just like working your physical body, there's some exercises that you can do that will keep yourself spiritually fit. Um, now, let me mention one you've probably never thought about before. Now, over the years here at Coastal, we've talked a lot about spiritual disciplines and the habit of, you know, the next steps that we take to grow in our faith. We've talked about a quiet time and a prayer life and fasting and all those kinds of things. But here's one, a discipline I don't think we think of too often, but, it's, but it sure is important. It's the discipline of letting go. The discipline of letting go. That means you let go of things because you can't keep adding stuff to your schedule unless you're going to let go of something else. Hebrews 12.1 says this, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up. And then, let's run with endurance the race that God has set before us. Now, I want you to notice and circle two words there. The word weight and the word sin. Now, I think these are two things that the Bible is saying that hold us back, that keep us from being all that God wants us to be. Two things that, that limit our potential. And he says basically, hey, if you want to run the race that God has set before you, if you want to live on purpose, then you got to let go of these things. Now, I think in general, we all know what sin is, right? 
And, you know, a lot of times you come to church and you expect a preacher to kind of beat you over the head about that. But I want to talk about what a weight is for a moment. A weight. I think a weight is something that's not necessarily wrong. It's just not as important. Maybe not even necessary. I think a weight can be all kinds of things. I think it can be a relationship. It could be an expectation, an activity, a memory you refuse to let go of. It could be a fear that you have in your life. It could be your job. It could be a thousand different things. And the Bible is basically saying here, hey, to grow, you got to learn to say no. You can't keep saying yes to everything. you got to say no to some stuff. In fact, listen to this, and some of you need to hear this today. Many times, you got to say no to some good things in order to say yes to the very best things. And if you're serious about living God's purpose for your life, you know what? you got to make space for God in your life. And to do that, you're going to have to cut some stuff out, even some good stuff. Now, I'll be honest with you. As your pastor, I'm concerned about some of you. You can't keep living the way you're living, adding things to your schedule. For most of you today, your life is way too overcrowded. You got way too much going on in your life. And I want to tell you, as your pastor, you got to decide what am I going to cut out? You see, not everything in your life is of equal value. And anytime you take on a new activity, you should literally say, you know what? What am I going to stop doing? You know, for some of you, maybe you need to give up an hour a day of screen time, television, computer, your phone. Now, I know for some of you, that might kill you, literally. I know. Maybe you need to go to bed 15 minutes earlier. So you can get up 15 minutes earlier to read your Bible and pray. For some of you here today, this next one might seem like heresy. Maybe you need to cut back on your, on your physical workout. It's amazing how often we can, you know, get to the gym or, you know, eat healthy and do those things. And those are important. The Bible says they are. And yet, though... You're neglecting your spiritual life. Because one day, guess what? No matter what you do, no matter how much you eat keto, you know, your body's going to die. You know, the death rate in our country still hovers right around 100%. But your spirit is going to live forever. You know, there's a cost. There's always a trade-off to put God first in your life. But the rewards, they're worth it. You know, in Luke chapter 10, Jesus goes to visit two friends of his, two, two ladies, Mary and Martha, two sisters. And the Bible says this, but Martha was distracted by her many tasks. How many of you can relate to that? But Martha was distracted by her many tasks. So she came to him, Jesus, and asked, Lord, do you not care that my sisters left me to do all the work by myself? Tell her then to help me. You see, Mary had decided to sit at the feet of Jesus, spend some time with him. But the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and distracted by many things. There is need of only one thing. Mary has chosen the better part, which will not be taken away from her. So what in the world is Jesus talking about? 
He's basically saying, listen, if in your life it comes down to spending time with me or washing the dishes or getting in your workout or getting the house ready or anything, by the way, on your to-do list, there should be no competition. None. Now, let me ask you, do you ever find yourself like Martha? Do the task on your to-do list distract you from focusing on God? Spending time in worship, community, fellowship? You know, if so, if your life is so busy that you don't have time for those things for God, then your life is too busy. Notice the phrase here, Mary has chosen the better part. You know what that tells me? That it's a choice. You say, well, Pastor Chris, I just can't get it all done. Guess what? You're right. You can't. But again, let me let you in on a little secret here. It's not all worth doing. They all don't have the same value, and you don't have to do it all. Nobody's putting a gun to your head saying, hey, you got to do it all. Guess what? God doesn't expect you to do it all. And a lot of those things in your all, they're just self-imposed. They're not mandatory. You do them out of some sense of false expectations or, or mixed up priorities. Listen to me. Everybody has the same amount of time to grow spiritually. The question is, will you make the choice? Like Mary, will you choose the better part? So what does God want? He wants all of you, every part. What does it take to grow? It's going to take some discipline. Question number three, why? Why, Pastor Chris? Why should I do it? Why should I make the effort to grow spiritually? Why should I let go of some things in order to have a relationship with God and, and make time for Him in my life? Now, today, listen, there are all kinds of benefits. I could spend the rest of the day talking about the benefits of that. Benefits today, right here and now in your life, and benefits for all eternity. But even if there were no benefits to doing what God wants us to do, I can tell you the reason why you ought to do it in two words. The cross. Because of the cross. Because Jesus completely gave his life for you. And he expects your life in return. Now, I'm not going to give this away, but there is a moment in this movie where someone gives their life and expects us to live accordingly. But, but listen to this. Listen to what Jesus did. I want you to hear this. 2 Corinthians 5.15. Christ died for all so that those who live would not continue to live for who anymore? For who? Themselves. He died for them and was raised from the dead so that they would live now for who? For him, for Jesus. He died for all, for every one of us. Jesus gave his life for everyone in this room. He gave his life for everybody watching this online. He gave his life for everyone in the world. Now, some of you here today, some of you watching, some of you here in the room, at some point in your life, you have put your faith and your trust in Jesus. You have, you have heard the truth. You've responded. You've given your life to him. 
And as a result of that, you are now living out those benefits. You're enjoying peace and freedom and forgiveness and life and purpose and meaning and so much more. Others of you, maybe, just maybe, it's the first time this is really coming real in your life, really hitting you in the heart that that Jesus died for you. That he loved you enough to exchange his life for yours. To pay for the sin in your life with the sacrifice of his life. To offer you forgiveness. In fact, you know, it's the most famous verse in the whole Bible. I'm sure you've heard it. But I want you to listen to it one more time this morning. Let it really sink in. John 3.16, it says this. For this is how God loved the world. You. He gave his one and only son so that everyone who believes in him, who puts their their faith and their trust in him, will not perish but have what? Eternal life. Life forever and eternity with him, but abundant, amazing life here and now. I mean, just think about how amazing it is that God loves the world and that he loves you individually right here, right now. Jesus died and he resurrected for you. He wants to give you forgiveness. He died for us, for all of us who live in this world so that we would no longer just live for ourselves, it says, but that we would live for him. And he knows us better than we know ourselves. He cares about us more than we could ever imagine. And in the depths of his love and in the depths of his care, he's got a purpose for your life that is far better than anything you could ever dream of. We could never even kind of, we could never bring the kind of fulfillment and meaning and purpose to our life that he can bring. And so because of all of that, because of his great, great love and sacrifice, we serve him. We follow him. Romans 12, uh, 1 puts it this way. Listen to this. And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you. And let me just tell you, I'm making the same plea to you today. with, With no embarrassment whatsoever. Listen, I plead with you. To give your your bodies to to God, to to give your life to Him. In other words, to hold nothing back, to go all in. Why? He says it right here. Because of all that He has done for you. You know, the, the very first verse that we read today was this. Make the most of every opportunity. Here's one right here, right now. God has given you the opportunity of a lifetime and beyond right here, right now. Don't let it pass you by. Don't sit on the fence any longer. Don't watch from the sideline. Live your life for Him. Put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ and put Him right at the center of your life and He will direct your path. Will you do that today? I'd love to step you through that. It is so simple and yet so beautiful. It's as simple and as beautiful as a prayer. And I'd love to pray with you today. Bow your heads and close your eyes, and let's go to the Lord together. Dear Heavenly Father, God, today I thank you for your word. Lord, I thank you for Jesus. I thank you for his great love. God, I thank you for your plan that you knew that we would go our own way. You knew that left to ourselves, we would choose a different path. 
But your love for all of us was so great that you were willing to sacrifice your one and only son, Jesus, who came to this earth as, as a baby. He grew up as a man. He lived a perfect life so that he could be the one and only sacrifice for all mankind, for our sin. He went to a cross. Our sin put him on that cross. But he defeated death and the grave and, the, and sin, and he rose from the dead, and he is alive. And he lives forever. And listen, if you are here today and you are ready to come home to God, you are ready to receive that forgiveness, that purpose, that meaning in your life, it is as simple and yet as powerful and beautiful as a prayer. Open up your heart to God right now and pray something like this. Dear Heavenly Father, God, today I want to come home. I admit it. I have... I have gone my own way. I have sinned. I have lived for me, for me first. But today, Father, I believe. I believe that Jesus is your son. I believe that he died on the cross for me. I believe he rose from the dead and he is alive. And I put my faith and my trust in him and him alone. And for the rest of my days, God, I just want to follow him. I want to grow and become more and more like you see me right now, your son, your daughter, forgiven forever, a part of your family. Thank you, Jesus. For those of you who are here today who have already asked Christ to come into your life, maybe your prayer is this today. Father, lately I have been saying, Lord, me first. Today I step off the throne and I put Jesus back at his rightful place. And I live for him. We love you, Father. We pray these things today in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. You've been listening to a message from Pastor Chris Rollins of Coastal Community Church. For more information about Coastal or to explore what your next step of faith might look like, check us out online at coastalcommunitychurch.org. From Pastor Chris and the family at Coastal Community Church, thanks for listening.